InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. If you're approaching retirement, or you know someone who is, there's a good chance those golden years may end up costing a lot more than expected, with health care costs leading the way. Here with more, InfoTrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. We've all been advised to start planning and saving for retirement right when we begin working and keep updating our plans right until we retire. But are we covering the bases? Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance at Morningstar, says people often overlook some expenses and situations they'll face in retirement. She joins us now with some good planning strategies. Christine, let's start with the uh, new news, as they say, with the new tax reform bill. Doesn't it become even more critical than ever for all of us to consider low-tax states to live during our retirement? Possibly so, because it can make a big difference in terms of your overall tax bill, the state in which you live and any property taxes that you pay. In 2018, there are new caps on deductibility. So it does make sense to consider if possible, if you're in one of those high tax states and you're willing to relocate, that can make a big difference in terms of your ongoing tax outlays. And even with the new tax bill's lower brackets, we still need to understand how much our withdrawals will be taxed, won't we? Absolutely. And I think that that's an item that a lot of retirees, pre-retirees, don't fully understand. As long as they've been accumulating assets within a tax-sheltered wrapper, whether that's a 401k or an IRA, you're not having to pay taxes. But when you begin withdrawing money from those accounts, that's when you really start to feel the tax effects because typically retirees will owe ordinary income tax on their whole withdrawal. So So that can be a significant unanticipated cost for many retirees. They've enjoyed that tax deferred compounding for so many years leading up to retirement. When they begin withdrawing, though, is when they begin feeling those taxes. And kind of on that same subject, people should plan how and when to draw their money from their portfolio. I mean, to avoid ending up in a higher tax bracket when they hit the age that they're forced to make withdrawals. Is that correct? That's such a great strategy. So many of us will come into retirement with assets in tax-deferred accounts, and for today's retirees, for many of them, that is the bulk of their assets. They're in those IRAs or 401ks. But many of us also have some Roth assets, Roth IRA or 401k assets. We might also have taxable assets, so non-retirement accounts. If you can, you should work with a financial advisor or a tax advisor to help you figure out, well, which accounts can I draw from and how much from each accounts in each year in order to keep myself in the lowest possible tax bracket. So there is a little bit of an art to it, and that's why I think it does make sense to sit down with some sort of tax-savvy professional to strategize on a year-to-year basis about where to draw your accounts from. You might have low tax years for whatever reason when actually it'll make sense to accelerate withdrawals from tax-deferred accounts. You may have other years where withdrawing from Roth accounts makes sense because you would otherwise bump yourself into a higher tax bracket. So take it on a year-by-year basis and get some advice. 
We're visiting with Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance at Morningstar, on making sure we consider all expenses when planning for retirement. And let's switch now to medical, a major expense in retirement for sure. You have said in the past that dental, vision, and hearing aids are among the things typically not covered under Medicare. So is there a formula we should use to calculate how much we should plan to spend on these? Well, it's a good question, and it is obviously pretty personal because it depends on an individual's particular health circumstances and their own outlays. And for many of us, our health-related outlays will change over our lifetime. So we may, in our early retirement years, have very few medical and out-of-pocket health expenses, but those might accelerate in years thereafter. One benchmark retirees can use is something that Fidelity Benefits Consulting comes up with every year. It's an estimate of what a 65-year-old retired couple should expect to spend over their lifetimes or do spend over their lifetimes on average. Most recently in 2017, the Fidelity statistic was $275,000 in out-of-pocket health care expenses not accounted for by Medicare. So you can use that as a benchmark, but it's a very rough rule of thumb. Your own mileage may vary depending on what kind of health you're in and the trajectory of your health throughout your retirement years. And just to clarify, Christine, that $275,000 figure is for two people, correct? Not one person? That's right. It's for a married couple. And importantly, what it doesn't cover, it does not cover long-term care expenses. That's a separate category in Fidelity's tally. And unfortunately, many of us have found out firsthand through loved ones and older family members that those out-of-pocket long-term care costs can be just egregiously high for people later in life. And that's a separate category. In a study that Fidelity had a couple of years ago, on average, it found that these households were spending an additional 130000 in long-term care expenses. The really tricky part about long-term care is that about half of us will need some type of long-term care, either in our homes through care delivered there or in a long-term care facility. About half of us won't need it. So it's a really tricky thing to figure out whether to purchase the insurance insurance coverage. And unfortunately, many folks who have gone ahead and purchased long-term care insurance have found that they've had to cope with really high premium increases. So there are no easy answers there, unfortunately. Christine, we also need to budget honestly for fun stuff in retirement, golfing, vacations, trips abroad. You have said these might occur more often early in our retirement than later. Do you have any advice relative to this? Well, I think it does help to take a step back as retirement approaches and think about what you're hoping to achieve during your retirement years. And if you possibly can map out on a year-to-year basis, maybe for the first decade of your retirement, well, what sort of travel do I have planned? What sort of hobbies do I plan to pursue in retirement? And really take time thinking about, well, how will those affect my discretionary budget? One of my colleagues at Morningstar, David Blanchett, who is head of retirement research for Morningstar Investment Management has come up with something he calls the retirement spending smile. And he (laughs) talks about how 
people's spending early on in retirement often does increase. The expenses are higher in the early years of retirement, in part because people are feeling good. They're wanting to do travel. They maybe have some pent-up demand for discretionary expenses for leisure activities that they weren't able to pursue while they're working. So they are spending a lot early on. Then later on in retirement, and I think this probably jives with a lot of us, with what a lot of us have experienced with loved ones in our own lives, that high spending, the travel kind of tails off. Maybe if a retiree takes vacations in his or her mid-70s or late-70s, they might be trips that aren't quite as costly and quite as far-reaching. And then later on in retirement, kind of the other upward trajectory on the other side of the retirement spending smile is when those discretionary expenses increase again in retirement. And a lot of that has to do with healthcare outlays. So it's something to think about that for most of us, it won't be sort of a straight line through retirement in terms of our spending. It will probably follow a trajectory similar to what I've just discussed. Christine Benz, Director of Personal Finance at Morningstar, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.